It's like this sort of self-made fallacy too, where people are like, "Oh, I did it all on my own." It's like, well, that's that's impossible. You live in a society like you've been helped by countless people yeah. that you don't even know helped you. Yeah, right? you went to school, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you drove on a county-maintained road to get to that school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, your your parents raised you and gave you food and shelter, correct? <laughs> Right. Yeah, and like knowledge and wisdom. Well, if, you're, if you're totally self-made, then you're way behind the game because I mean, you spent at least the first eighteen years of your life uh, just freeloading and you know taking handouts left yeah. and right. So. Probably just pooping wherever you please. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you're raising reason. yourself at that point, and you're just like, I live in the park and I shit in the woods, but I'm a self-made man. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no one's helping me. Welcome to another episode of Dads Talking Dads, a Padres podcast. I am not Johnny. Uh, I'm Joel. Johnny's going to take a little bit of a break. He's still on the show with us, but I'm going to be taking the lead this week. Um, the Padres, good news, bad news. Uh, they've eclipsed the 50-win mark. Yay! That's the good news, depending on how you feel about tanking. Woo! Bad news is they've also eclipsed the 80-loss mark. Uh, they are currently 50-81 and 81 and just 22 and a half games out of first. They're still right there in it. They're not mathematically eliminated yet. But they're close. Uh, Johnny, co-host today. Yo, yo, yo. How are you doing this week? I'm great. Uh, I mean, the week itself was... It was a long week. You know, it was just one of those just hectic weeks. Uh, the There's like a teacher shortage out here in Arizona. Um, and there's been one for a while. Probably due to the fact that they just like don't fund any of the schools or pay the teachers very well um unfortunately as is the case in a lot of places and so a lot of the teachers will move to um, other areas like wonderful california where they te- they pay their teachers well for the most part um and so they like apparently in my wife's district just they did the math wrong on how many teachers they would need at each school or something and then they were like having to shuffle around teachers within like different schools in the district and originally she was possibly gonna have to move and then she like wasn't gonna have to but then they're still like moving her grade like she like has she was like teaching this one grade now she's teaching the ninth graders and so it's just this whole just hecticness and 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 um a little little chaotic but you know other than that you know i've got my health i've got my happiness uh it's still baseball season and like you said the padres aren't mathematically eliminated so you're telling me there's a chance. There is so a that's fact. That's good. A chance. That's good. That's good. I always How are you doing. I'm doing pretty oh, well. Sorry. Just to, to talk. No, over. no, no. Just to ride on the coattails of that last comment. I always like to think about that miracle scenario where the team somehow manages to, to make it into the playoffs. Or uh, I think it was, gosh, it was probably five years ago where the Chargers had like one percent chance of making the playoffs, and just watching all the dominoes fall exactly the way they needed to for it to happen. It's just something I fantasize about from time to time. So. Um, I love that season because that was that season where Cutler just like imploded. For, it was like they went like zero and eight for the last, or it was at zero and six or zero and eight for their last six or eight games. I think 
Uh, it was like Josh McDaniels, right? Where he won like or his first we six went games, six and zero, or something. It was like someone was either undefeated or just didn't win a game for like six weeks. Yeah, I think we might have just won six in a row. It was, it was bonkers. <laughs> the the glory days of Phil Sember, but um, yeah. yeah, you know, I've had a hectic week as well. It's kind of weird. I almost wonder if it's like a universe thing where just like everybody has a bad week the same week because most of the people I was talking to at, at my workplace had a really hectic. Uh, fast-paced kind of work week, so it's kind of odd, but yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I'm glad we made it to the weekend, and we're just kind of hanging out. I actually took a day off yesterday because I've been working so much. Um, so yeah, kind of recharging the batteries, hanging out, talking Padres. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, I mean, unless you have any other small talk you want to make or banter, I think I'm going to just jump right into the news, if you don't mind. Feel free. All right, so first on the uh, docket here, we've got Christian Villanueva. Um, a guy that I was super excited about to start the year. Um, not one of my better takes in hindsight, but I mean, he, he was, he had like a 1.4 OPS in April. Like it was hard not to get excited about him. Um, he is now on the DL, um, at this point in the season, not something that really hurts. I mean, I think they were slotting him in at second base just to see what they could do with him out there. Um, Johnny, do you, do you feel the pain of, of losing Christian Villanueva? Uh, it, it, it's fun to watch the really big home runs, uh, which is what I think, I mean, that was like the original, like why everyone was on the Villanueva bandwagon, which is that, that power, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, and considering he's had kind of sparse playing time over the last probably month or so, um, he still has 20 home runs. He's still leading the team in home runs by five, which is kind of wild. So, um, I will miss the power, but other than that, um, and, and I'm disappointed that the corresponding move was bringing up Aswahe as opposed to maybe like Javi Guerra or um, they weren't going to bring up Urias, but I know a lot of us wanted them to. But um, so the corresponding move wasn't exciting either. So it's like, well, that's kind of kind of boring. But uh, other than that, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is kind of a point in the season where you know, the NFL is starting to kick up into high gear with the preseason coming down to a close and the regular season about to start. Um, you know, the Padres are pretty clearly out of contention this year. It's just sort of a kind of the doldrums of the season for, for this team. And this is sort of a move and, you know, a DL stint that sort of epitomizes this time in the season, in my opinion. You've got a guy that, that looked like he was going to be pretty good at the beginning of the season who just kind of quickly descended into mediocrity because he couldn't figure out how to hit opposite field. And then he goes to the DL, and like you said, the corresponding move was kind of unexciting as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just sort of a, a microcosm of this time of the year, in my opinion. You know, send him down, and or not send him down. You take him to the DL, and then the guy that comes up, it's it's not one of the people we're excited about. Um, it's just kind of, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of a downer. Start the show. <laughs> <laughs> Eh, you know, it happens. I mean, between... And what's... You know, I think... Wasn't it on the same day that, like, he broke his finger and Will got hit in the face? Yes, it was the same day. I remember that. <laughs> so it was like, oh, God, this day... This day is not fun. You talk about Will Myers and his injury history, and then, like, he gets a freak accident like this where he gets hit in the face at batting practice. I mean, it's it's a prime opportunity to make a joke about his... his feeling prowess at third base, right? Like, oh, you should have, <laughs> you know, you should have handled the hop better or something like that. But, I mean, it's just the typical San Diego st- sports snake bit 
type thing. But I mean, th- it's kind of mitigated by the you know the fact that they're not in contention, I suppose. But man, it's just like that when it rains it pours kind of thing, and it brings us all down. But as we're wont to do when we find ourselves in a, a low point in the season, um, I think it's time for us to go down on the farm. Yeehaw! <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> so I'm going to switch these up a little bit because I don't want to do three bad news items in a row. No um, worries, and I just added something in. We don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah. I'll start us off with uh, the guy who we can't seem to figure out his name. So not <laughs> David Weathers. Not Carl, not Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. You might want to say Floyd Mayweather Jr., not him either. It's Ryan Weathers Jr. He was promoted to the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Um, he's one of the youngest uh, players in the single-A club. Uh, he skipped over the Tri-City Dust Devils. Uh, where, where are they? Are they in Phoenix? Is that the team you were watching for Rookie Ball last week? Uh, no, Tri-City is, I think, a... Sh- is that short season A ball? Or is that like, it's like low A? Because isn't there like a low A and then like a, or like there's like a short season A ball and then like A ball or something like that? I, Tri-City is, I want to say, in Texas, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I can guarantee you, you know far um, more about the nuances of, of the minor leagues than I do. But the, uh, no, the, the Arizona Rookie League teams, it's very exciting names. It's uh, Padres 1. <laughs> And then there's also Padres 2. The yellow team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am on the website and still have no idea. Okay, so yeah, they are the Class A short season affiliate uh, for the San Diego Padres. Come on, you can't give me like a contact us or anything or I can just club info. Okay, finally. Uh, Washington. Pasco, Washington. Excuse huh. me. Okay. You know, wife and I have been looking at uh, the Pacific Northwest to move in a couple months um, so that I can befriend, uh, oh my gosh, who's that guy that's on the Fangraphs baseball podcast? He also, Ah. I think he lives like near Mount Rainier or something like that, but uh, I'm going to befriend him and then get into the baseball writing business. No. um, (laughs) We're already there. What are you talking about? That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's right. I did. I did write two whole articles for the prodigious NationalLeagueWest.com last year. So, you know, are they still? Are they still up and running? I don't think so. <laughs> let's. You know what? Let's Google it. Yeah, let's find out. I'm assuming not, but. Well, nothing I'm, venture. Nothing. I'm guessing my here. article is still the most recent one. Yep, posted. <laughs> On your birthday last year, Mackenzie Gore is crushing the Arizona Rookie League competition. Sweet. That's right. I remember uh, you sent me an article. I think it was the first article you wrote for him. It was something about uh, Austin Hedges changing his swing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the... one of the. I think that was maybe like two or three swing changes ago. Dang. <laughs> the life of a major league ball player, especially when he's trying to figure out how to produce offensively. Yeah. Oh, yeah, last year in Arizona Rookie League, 8.2 innings for Mackenzie Gore, three hits, one walk, 13 Ks. That's right, baby. And he had picked off three of the four base runners that had uh, uh, made it to first. Oh, so, man, we got to have more pickoff I'm just machines saying. like Eric Lauer. And Casey had a few, too. Yeah. That's just going to be our sole defensive strategy. We don't need anybody to field the position, just pickoffs. 
what if that's why Preller is like um, stocking up on all the lefties? He's like, if anyone gets on base, we're just gonna pick them off. Like, he's like, that's fine. We, we will either strike you out or we will pick you off. Like, no one's even getting into scoring position. Yeah, I mean, just I guess that gives you more of an opportunity to nibble at the corners, I suppose. If the, I, I'm giving this way too much credence that it needs, but... You no, know, I, I, it's it's a full-fledged, this is what's going on. This is a serious strategy, you guys. Um, Sources yeah. say. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you don't have to pitch to a guy, right? Because you know if you put him on base, you just pick him off, right? I mean, unless he's, you know, yeah. a Billy Hamilton. Yeah, that's what Andy Pettit, like, his whole career was just being a, I mean, Pettit, Glavin, like, a lot of the best guys had, a lot of the best lefties had just killer pickoff moves. Yep, so uh, you actually pasted in the notes a little snippet of an article about uh, Ryan Weathers, to get back on topic, Uh, left after a third, I'm sorry, three and a third innings, having thrown 68 pitches, 47 of which were strikes, Um, says he struck out four, didn't walk or hit any. Which is uh, it's obviously great news. You can't do much better than that. Um, allowed six hits, a double, and five singles. Um, and oh well, little information, biographical info about Weathers. He's uh, he's not nineteen until December. He's the second youngest pitcher in the Midwest League. Of the the only uh, younger pitcher right now is oh boy, Jairo Solis of Quad that's Cities perfect. from the Houston from the Houston Astros system. Um, so yeah, that's that really bodes well for a guy that young to be. Starting to climb the ladder, uh, especially in a you know a farm system that's as highly touted as the Padres are, um, a lot to be excited about. To be frank, I don't get as invested in players when they're at the single A level. I think that's kind of a natural um, predisposition to have. Um, usually, when they start to to you know continue their success in double A, then I start to say, all right, let's see what they can do. But you know, when you've got a guy who's the second youngest in in single A ball across the league, that's that's something to um, to take note of, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, um, and I mean, I'm one of these people that, like, I, I have been following the, you know, single A and double A, and, and I totally agree with you. Like, it's, it's, uh, you you definitely don't need to get invested in guys when, when it's this young, because obviously it's going to be such a roller coaster that you really don't need to pay a whole lot of attention until they've been in double A and have been producing or... Uh, you know, are in AAA and maybe banging on the door, but I feel like it's almost like going into, you know, back in the day in the internet, it's like you'd go into like a post and you would just comment first. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, I'm the first. <laughs> Look, I won the commenting competition. I'm first. <laughs> um, I feel like that's like following a ball. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, but I knew about Sixto Sanchez when he was in a ball, and now he's an ace for the Phillies. Which, by the way, that's also happening in five years. By the way. <laughs> Uh, double, by the way. Calling my shot. It's Cal Quantrill, and it's Sixto, Sixto Sanchez. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's just like it's just getting in, you know, getting in early on the guys and and uh, making these absurd projections, like saying that Mackenzie Gore is going to be the next Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> As a side note, I think Sixto Sanchez might be just like the best video game baseball oh. name I've ever heard. It's, um, yeah, there was, oh gosh, I'll have to see who did it. It was probably Bleacher Report, um, but someone did a, here's the top 30, uh, prospect names in baseball, and there was some, somehow, I think Sixto Sanchez did not make it, um, but there were some great names on there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I guess I'll keep things moving, I 
gets sure. forgot for a second that I'm the one who's hosting this show. No, this no, week. no, it's okay. I can I can go over anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we mentioned Mackenzie Gore. I, I tried to put off the bad news a little longer, but uh, Mackenzie Gore is also going down to the DL. Um, he's got a fractured finger and fingernails. Um, yikes! Uh, kind of wondering what he did. Uh, smash it with a hammer or what's going on? But yeah, that's that's kind of a rough injury for a pitcher to have. Yeah, that's and he had been on the DL a couple times earlier in the season for blisters. Um, so it was nice that it wasn't blisters again, because uh, I know he like kind of similar. Because I know Rich Hills had that blister problem a lot with the new balls. I want to say, uh, oh gosh, what's his name on the Indians? Maybe Carrasco. Um, someone was having an, an issue just with with the um, with the new balls and the stitching, just giving them blisters. So wasn't that this time? I I'll, I'll have to, I didn't, I didn't research that a ton just cause again, you know, it's like, like you were saying, it's like guys in, you know, single and double A to where it's so early on. It's like, yeah, they're going to be on the DL from time to time. And, you know, we'll just kind of wait and wait and see approach. So I hadn't really looked too much into that. So I don't know if maybe it was just like, he caught a ball weird and it just like, maybe it just like jammed a finger and, and cause I've had that happen, you know, just like trying to like catch a ball and it just like hits you right on the tip of the finger in the wrong area. And then, yeah. um, you know, it just, just hurts like hell. So, uh, I, I don't know if that was the reason, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like he, he should, you know, it's, it's good that it's not, um, anything more serious, but it's been a, li- a bit of a bummer how much time he spent on the DL because um, I would have loved to see him in his second season, you know, in the minors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess it's it's hard not to get excited uh, about a, a farm system like the Padres have, and you, you want everything that's just sort of progressed perfectly and everybody comes up and they make a nice smooth transition. But, you know, some of these guys are going to get hurt. And, um it, I think we've been pretty fortunate so far, and there haven't been too many like catastrophic injuries to, to the major pieces. I guess Tatis Jr. would be the biggest um, setback we've seen in the farm system this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something that you have to keep in mind too when you're getting you know this excited about uh, about the team rebuilding and, and adding these new pieces that they're not all going to come up you know on a perfect uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, route, I suppose. Um, so there's going to be setbacks and, and plateaus and all that kind of fun stuff. So it's uh, a little bit more realism, and that's not what we're here for. We're down on the farm. We're here to get excited. So <laughs> I'm just going <gonna> to <laughs> move on. You know, I, I'm not actually Let's sure. Plow on. That's the right. Next topic. Yeah. Real, last thing on Gore, though, I'm not sure if he actually <laughs> fractured his finger. I think that might be from the show notes because I think it was actually Villanueva who has a fractured finger, and I think oh, it's like in parentheses on the got... notes. Yeah, it, that must have gotten on the wrong line. Yeah, okay, so, good. So it's just a fingernail issue. That, I think that so. That was what I read, so I wasn't sure if maybe something came out afterward that was saying, like, oh, by the way, there was, like, a hairline fracture or something. So, okay, cool. Beautiful. That's even better, then. Right. Uh, moving right along, uh, Luis Patino down in A-ball. Uh, Padres' number 12 prospect uh, allowed just three hits, a walk and one run, and struck out seven over six frames. Um uh, Lord's ERA to 2.16 in the Midwest League. That's the third lowest mark uh, among all pitchers in that league with 80-plus innings. Um, Luis Patino uh, is a name that I've kind of let fall out of my uh, mind as far as, you know, the, the prospects that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, 
but I mean, obviously, those are great numbers. Uh, what, what do we think about uh, Patino so far? Let me see if I can pull up his baseball reference page while you... But yeah, I mean, he's been a pleasant surprise this season. Uh, he was not on the radar, really, at all last season. Um, really, I mean, obviously, an 18-year-old in the uh, in, in AA is a pretty good achievement already. Um, and he has been, he's been doing really well. He has honestly, for me, been what I think a lot of us were expecting Anderson Espinoza to be, which is the guy, um, who came over in the, uh, um, oh my gosh, what was that freaking starting pitcher's name, uh, in, from Boston, and he, they just sent him to the bullpen. He was here for like a half season, too. It was like, a, it was like a really, another good Preller trade. Um, hang on. Now I gotta look this up again because I always forget. Uh, oh, starting pitcher from AJ Preller? It's James, James Shields, right? No, it was uh, <laughs> Drew Drew Pomeranz. Yeah, oh, I remember Pomeranz. Yeah, so so yeah, Pomeranz was here for that half season and looked amazing after like never developing with Colorado, and uh, and so we flipped him for Espinosa, and Espinosa was billed as like basically the next Pedro Martinez. Um, cause he's like six feet, so not super tall, really skinny guy, which Patino is as well. Like Patino's also six feet, pretty slender, um, but just throws gas and, and has, you know, solid command of, of three pitches. He has, I think, I believe he has like three plus pitches, um, three or four and has just been like lighting up double a, which has been uh, a really pleasant surprise. So he's been, I, I don't think we'll see him in the majors I don't even think we'll see him next season. We might see him in 2020. Yeah, I'm showing um, him in uh, single A ball actually at Fort Wayne. Oh, I you know what I Midwest League. I don't know why I thought that was San Antonio. Crazy me. I should have double checked that before uh, before I said that. But whatever. Yeah, single I put you on the spot. So I mean, no but deal. that but no 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 no. You're good. But I mean, I think that's still like that. Um, Still, kind of, can you know? I, I just don't think we're going to see him until 2020, or, or you know, at that point, if it's single A, you know, late 2020. Um, there's no reason to rush guys like this, or you know, a lot of these young guys, um, if we're not, you know, competing yet. So, I know Ron Fowler wants to compete next year, but um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, a 19-year-old kid who's only done well in a ball i don't know if he's the piece that's missing you know <laughs> right yeah now i mean he's got a pretty decent sample size as far as his time in, in single a. he's got 83 innings under his belt um you know he's, he's striking out 10 per nine innings i've got his page up so now i can talk a little more intelligently about him um so i mean he does definitely looks like he could be um like a high-end starter prototype um but again it, it, it's single a ball so i mean anything could can happen down there and could turn into anything else as he as he progresses through you know double a AA and triple a and hopefully he gets up to the major league club but um, again like you were saying too early to tell for sure but definitely some things to be hopeful and i would say excited about for sure absolutely now 10.6 k's per nine for uh, a guy like patino contrasts pretty starkly with our, our next down on the farm uh topic of conversation and that's your boy johnny cal quantrill uh, he's continuing to do pretty well in AAA. Uh, he's 2-0 through four starts, uh, a 2.74 ERA in the Pacific Coast League. That's definitely nothing to scoff at in a, you know such an offensive-heavy uh, minor league system as the, uh, the Pacific Coast League is. Uh, 1.21 whip and then 6.7 strikeouts per nine innings. So 
Uh, looks like he's uh, a heavy contact pitcher, which, you, you know, I, I think that combined with the 2.74 ERA um, speaks pretty well to, you know, his command, number one, and probably his uh, his confidence and his nerve up there. Because he's, you know, he's probably allowing a lot of base runners if he's not striking that many guys out. Yeah, it, I, uh, I'm i encouraged with the the whip isn't too terribly high. I mean, one two one isn't um, ideal, but it's not, you know, he, he doesn't have a 2.7 ERA with like a 1.4 whip where you're just like, this is totally unsustainable and he's going to blow up at some point. Um, I, I, you know what, it might be late enough in the year where it's worth it to buy a... Uh, <laughs> uh, the minor league baseball TV package. I'm sure it's like ten bucks at this point. But I'm like, I need to actually. I want to like watch him live a little bit more because I know that in Double A he was kind of working on certain pitches, and I have no doubt that's continuing to a certain extent in Triple A. Um, so I know that can you know somewhat affect his numbers. Like if he's not, I think that Cal Quantrill once he moves to the major leagues and once his primary objective is win the ball game instead of like all right tonight I'm going to work on my fastball location tonight I'm going to work on you know x or y or z uh I wonder how that will affect those numbers he's never been projected as a big strikeout guy so I don't expect him to have more than you know seven seven and a half strikeouts per nine in the majors um I, I just don't see him as a big strikeout guy but if he, you know, if he can smartly pitch to contact like he's been doing so far, then I think, uh, you know, that's that's definitely a valuable guy to have. It's it's almost like a good version of Clayton Richard. <laughs> what are you talking about? Clayton Richard's good. <laughs> he's, you know, he's a, he's a very good clubhouse presence <laughs> and a veteran leader. That was very diplomatically stated, John. Yeah. I appreciate that. Oh my goodness! You know I've always been good with diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, boy, Clayton Richard, that that provides a good segue, I would say, into our, our first discussion topic. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you present it since uh, you you went ahead and came up with that one, Johnny. Yeah, for sure. So um, I was just kind of, you know, thinking about. Uh, a lot of the different you know players on this team and guys that I've enjoyed watching this season and uh, some of the you know younger guys that are you know still yet to come up and I was curious because uh, I've got a few names in mind so I've got to really hone in on this but which player uh, are you rooting for to succeed the most long term so you know and, and kind of in my mind what I'm envisioning is like you know this player like continues to develop through these next few years and then you know god willing we're in a uh nlcs game or you know maybe even uh where's the okay there we go there's some wood uh a world series game (laughs) and this guy who you've been watching for the last two or three seasons you know bloom into this you know uh, quality major league player who is a positive contribution to a potential World Series team, and they come up, uh, you know, late in the game, or you know, and that could be either you know hitter, batter, whatever, and and they you know do something that just you know is it it just it just psychs you up like just something that you know either a big home run or a 
you know, big strikeout or something, um, you know, who would you just love to see in that situation succeed? Who would who would be, I guess, the most fulfilling? Um, yeah, I, I want to put a twist on that if you don't mind. Uh, sure, feel I, feel free. So I like your the way you presented that so like that i think that speaks to like a player who's already been on the the big league team for a little while right and so i've got an idea for that but maybe an, a uh, a secondary uh, pick might be somebody that's either in this, the farm system or somebody's come up maybe once or twice and, and had a cup of coffee in the bigs uh, and that we're oh, yeah. waiting for as and well yeah i totally feel free because i think my person might also be a minor leaguer as well so feel free to include minor leaguers sweet all right, so my first one, uh, as you were explaining that, uh, the, the player that popped into my mind is, is Man Margo himself. Uh, I feel like he's been dancing all around being just a, a great player. He's, I think he's a good to very good player right now. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's just those little hiccups that he's got, right? So he had a really slow start to the season this year. We've talked in a previous show about his base running uh, woes, which may or may not have been disguised by, you know, really solid defensive catching that he was going up against, but uh, he's always been, uh, I don't want to say always, but for a very long time, he's been a, a pretty solid presence um, in the outfield, making a lot of really great defensive plays. I know he's one of Tony's favorite players. Uh, give a shout out to Tony, who can't be on the recording with us this week, but um, he's somebody that I envision being part of the, the core of the team that's going to you know push us over into contention. Um, it can't all be guys that are coming up from the, the farm. Maybe that's not true, but uh, in all likelihood, it's not going to be all guys that are coming up from the farm. So we need some of these guys that are already on the big league club to to uh, kind of take that next step. And I feel like Margot is the one that I would be rooting for the most to make that next step. I feel like an argument could be made for like Hosmer, who's been underperforming this year since he got here, but you know he just got to the team. So I kind of give him a, a little bit of a pass there. So I'll pick man Margot. Um, the, my secondary choice, um, boy, I would want to go with Franchi Cordero, but he's been hurt for so much of the season that I don't feel like we really have a good beat on what he's going to be or what he can even develop into. Uh, we know he's got all that that raw athletic talent, but um, without seeing him for a longer time in, in the majors, it's hard to really say. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Fran Mill, the Franimal Reyes. He's He's been on a tear. Um, I would love to see him sustain that kind of production or even – even you know seventy five percent of that production, and I think that he's going to be somebody that's going to be a huge asset, at least offensively. We know is you know he, he's going to be limited defensively. Um, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you've got that kind of frame. Um, we can't all be Franchi Cordero's in the speed department, but uh, that's that's the guy that I would say is one of the newer contributors that I think would uh, I, I'd be rooting for the most. Those are both pretty good ones because both you know both of those guys are uh, are pretty exciting, um, which I mean obviously is you know why they're why they're uh, likely you know picks or why they you know why they're why they're your picks. I mean especially uh, Franchi with that power. I mean it, it wouldn't surprise me to just see him like you know eighth inning just you know either crush like a long home run or like a bases loaded double in the gaps, you know something like that. Right. Um, yeah, that would be. Uh, I, I yeah, those are uh, two solid picks. I like those. <laughs> nice. What about you? Um, let's see. For my, because uh, I'm gonna try and go like one, you know, major league guy and one minor league guy. So, I think my major league guy would be Will Myers, um, because 
he was the first... Like, he's really the only thing left from that 2015 craziness when Preller came in and was like, we're flipping over the table, like, we're turning this franchise upside down. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to move in a completely... Like, we're actually going to move in a direction instead of being, like, a rudderless boat. Uh, and so he, you know, captained the ship, made all these all of these trades, and the one long-term piece that came out of that was Will Myers. And he is, you know, there's, he's a guy that I think, you know, all of us would, would be happy if he ended up doing very well. And obviously he's got a big bright spotlight with that uh, big contract that he signed. So for him to, you know, effectively redeem himself uh, in the playoffs in like a really big moment would, uh, would make me really happy because he, he's been here through, you know, all the shit basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so that would be yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be cool, especially with the move over to third base. Like, if he could become an everyday third baseman, that would be just one of the, the best stories in Major League Baseball. Because I mean, I, I, I suppose it's sort of like the I don't want to call it a cliche, but the the Moneyball first baseman uh, that we saw through through that film, and you know, putting a guy who has and it, it's not to say that he has no experience playing third base, but it's certainly not his natural position. And then to just say, yep, you're gonna go play third. Uh, and work towards that positionless baseball dream that, that we have here on the pod. Um, that would be a, a really cool story, in my opinion, uh, and it's something I'd like to see too. So I think it's a great choice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and for my uh, for my minor league guy, I'm gonna go with uh, Hazahel Quijada, our 17th round pick <laughs> from the 2018 draft uh, out of the University of California Riverside. Mister Irrelevant. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh man! No, we had two more picks after that. Ian V. Ian Villers was our was our last pick. Oh, okay. From Northgate High School. Wow. Uh, I just like the name Hazahel Kizada. Kihada, excuse me. Um, no, no, my uh, my actual minor league pick would more than likely it's not actually Cal Quantrill. Um, it would probably be Mackenzie Gore. Um, because if he ends up becoming the ace of this staff and, like, leads us into the playoffs and comes in in the game seven and, like, shuts some team down with his kick-ass high leg kick and, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, it would just be, it, it would be wonderful because I think he was the first, I don't know if he was, like, the first really big blue chipper that we had, but he's, like, one of the first prospects that we've had where, they're like he could be one of the best X in the game, like and and not I'm not saying that we've had ever, but just like in this current uh, iteration of the Padres that we that we've been you know had for the last few years, like Tatis, I feel like late last year um, kind of sprung up as like a, he could be one of the best shortstops in the game or one of the best third basemen, um, and then Mag- and then Gore was you know kind of the first pitcher where they're like he could definitely be something special. Uh, so for so to see him, you know, go out and have like just an amazing shutdown uh, game seven would be something that this fan base has not experienced before. Uh, yeah, game seven, yeah, I don't think we we've <laughs> had a lot yeah, of experience with or that. just or even just like a shutdown performance in a game seven, just like because like I just imagine you know like the the Tigers or Astros because they both had Verlander where he'll just like go out when you need him the most and just like. 
He's just like, I've got this. I'm going to strike out ten guys over seven innings and give up maybe four hits. Yeah, I, um, I feel like it's probably why we love Trevor Hoffman so much. I feel like that's the closest we've we've ever come to, yeah. to a guy like that. Somebody totally. just come into the game and just shut things down. Totally. Which, which, because um, I was thinking of potential relievers, and I feel like um, Wingender would, I could see him, you know, assuming that he continues developing. Uh, coming in late in a playoff game, and you know, in, in a big uh, in a big situation, and and uh, rising to the occasion, he's another kind of a one B kind of guy. But I was thinking of him as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're all sort of I don't want to say desperate, but I feel like we're long overdue for some some greatness to come through San Diego. Um, it's just been a lot of mediocrity to to bad baseball, and it, it's it's weird because you sort of become. I don't want to say used to it, but I guess you get desensitized to it a little bit. Like, my compass of watching good baseball is definitely thrown off. I remember um, I went to, it was a couple years ago, I took my older son James to a, a game where the Cubs were in town. And I remember watching them play and just being like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is what real <laughs> major league ball looks like. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it it's fun to, to, to think about these guys, and I want to root for these minor leaguers to be to be not just, you know, good pieces or, you know, at high end of the rotation, top end of the rotation guy, but like a bona fide ace, you know what I mean? Or a shutdown closer. I want to see some greatness, some excellence come through this system now. I think we've been waiting for a really long time for that. Yeah, as fun as it is to see our GMs squeeze the last little bit of juice out of the lemon and go, huh, there was a little more in that than I expected. Uh, it would be nice for us to just get a whole lemon that wasn't already <laughs> bruised and be like, look at all the juice that's in here. Like, oh my God, this is great. A whole lemon for us? Exciting. <laughs> that might be our, our pod title for this episode. <laughs> a whole lemon. <laughs> a whole lemon for us? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, so that's Will Myers and uh, Mackenzie Gore for Johnny. Yeah. Right? Just to recap here, and then I chose uh, Man Margot, Manuel Margot, Man, the Franimal, Man and the Fran, Franimal the Man. man. <laughs> so, uh, assuming that he can get his defense down, because yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was I, even I watching know. yesterday. There was like a rough, just like routine, like ball that was hit into the outfield just like just straight up bounced off his glove I was dude like, yeah on, that's the thing with dude. that's the thing with Cordero too is like he's sort of like similar and he's got more of the athletic tools defensively because he's got the speed right but which you would think would translate to range but like he's made some pretty boneheaded looking plays out there as well which yeah. i mean we can only chalk it up to being new for so long before it starts to be like yeah maybe that's just the way this player is so I don't know. It's because they legalized marijuana in California. Yeah, they're bruh. All, they're all high <laughs> now. <laughs> Too many edibles, you know? Yeah. Just yeah, edibles and Fortnite. Fair. That's no, all we that's all There's we no do. more greenies in the, in the clubhouse now. It's just edibles. <laughs> they're like, it's a different kind of greenies. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, Margo can just play the whole outfield you know just make him like uh like take care of center and and right as well <laughs> i don't know it can be like the movie duplicity with uh michael what's his name uh where they he just makes clones of himself there you go just, i just have three man margos in the outfield perfect yeah why don't we just do that that sounds so simple <laughs> come on guys no just maximize margo's range right and just be like okay franimal you just have the foul line over here 
the rest yeah. of this part over to center. That's all Manny. <laughs> Fair. Ah, that might be. Tatis Jr. play outfield. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just just give him. Um, just we're talking about positionless baseball anyway, right? Just give him like added range out there, so he's like a shortstop slash, you know, kind of like extra go. outfielder. I like it. Beautiful. <laughs> you know, we're such a reasonable podcast. Really practical <laughs> solutions we come up with here. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay, so I'll move on to, to my discussion topic. Um, so, it's I think it's a good show for a topic like this. So we've been talking a lot about uh, the prospects in the farm because there's not a whole heck of a lot going on up in the bigs right now. Um, so my question that I wanted to discuss was, how many players is it going to take? Sort of a, a tootsie roll, how many licks does it take to get to the center kind of question. But how many players is it going to take to put the Padres into contention? Not necessarily um, to their final form, so to speak, where they're you know, we think that all the pieces are in place and we're ready to make runs. But when is this team going to be ready to like sneak into the wild card spot? Is kind of what I'm looking for. So I, I pulled up the um, the MLB wins above average by position on Baseball Reference. Um, so not exciting to look at that. So Colorado, who snuck in with, the, and this is a 2017 MLB season, by the way, I should add. Uh, Colorado, they were the, the, or I'm sorry, Minnesota, the Twins, had the worst war of all of the playoff teams. Uh, they were a wild card team. They had 1.0 um, across all of their different positions. It was just sort of a conglomeration of those numbers. Um, and then the Padres, uh, do you want to take a guess at what, what rank they came in? Uh, last year? Yeah, out of, okay. out of 30 teams. Out of 30, 25. They were 30th. According to Baseball Reference War, they had negative sixteen point seven WAR. So, um, just looking at the those raw numbers, and you know, a lot of times we like to talk about how many uh, wins a player is worth. Um, the Padres are in quite a hole right now. Um, so, I mean, just by that metric, they need to add. What do you think? Like, f- what five, six, three win players in order to get up to the uh, the level of a, a Minnesota for 2017 to be able to sneak into a wild card yeah that's a lot i mean i was looking at and obviously this generally isn't the most up-to-date but on the the potteries website for the depth chart uh i was counting through the players and obviously i know some guys are on the dl right now but i was looking at who's actively playing and i was just like there's about nine positions including all of the starting five that like if I want this team to be competitive, I would need to replace. Um, actually, I would say four of the five because, well, I don't know, Lucchese and Knicks, maybe three of the five. Um, but, I mean, like, Jankowski and Wright is good, but I think we agree that he's a, he's he is best suited as a fourth outfielder because of his versatility and because, uh, well, I don't know, I He's he's he. I don't know. I just think he's a better fourth outfielder. Margot's fine. Renfro is okay, um, but I you know it's it's like a, it's like a, it's an okay. Galvis we would need to change. Spangenberg we would need to change. Richard Erlin, uh, Kennedy we would all need to change on all of those. Uh, so it's like a lot of pieces would need to be switched out for either youngsters that have developed and continue to develop or free agents that uh that have already shown that they're you know that they're good um but yeah there quite a few moves would need to be made for this team to be even 
five games above 500. Right, and I think the exercise that needs to happen when, when you're looking at a team like the Padres is <clears throat> uh, you, you kind of have to, to evaluate which players still have something left uh, to, to grow into, so to speak, versus players that are kind of are what they are. Like you mentioned, you know, your Clayton Richards, uh, Robbie Erlins, et cetera, as it were. Like, you, you, they're, they're known quantities at this point. They're not going to continue to surprise anybody, you know. They're not going to make it. I mean, again, not impossible, but in all likelihood, they're not going to turn into a completely new player and add, you know, uh, one war to their uh, to their line. You know what I mean? So you, you kind of have to, to pick and choose between those players that are still maybe on the younger side that still have a little bit of room to grow versus the ones that are just not. And those those are the players, like you were saying, that, that need to be replaced with some of these younger cats. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know I why mean, I became like a jazz beat nickel. So hey, younger cats. That's yeah, nice for the all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, excuse me, I'm like looking at this team and I, I think we might be able to, you know, think about competing for that second wild card spot next year, but. I mean, even that is going to be kind of a daunting task yeah. is what, what I, I guess my point like is. Like that would be a success is like if we got the second wild card spot next season, like that's a success. Um, that's a, that's a huge success. Uh, I, I would say. I, other than that, I, you know, I, I don't see us winning the division next season, um, just because it's like, okay, we we trade Jankowski out, or basically we just have Margot in center and then have a rotating corner of Renfro, Jankowski, Reyes, and Cordero, um, and like, those are intriguing options at least uh you know three of the four are are relatively intriguing and jankowski is you know nice and steady and so that's why he's you know such an asset um but there's totally a chance that that is not a successful outfield um you trade galvis out for question mark maybe tatis who would potentially struggle in his first season you trade spanjenberg out for urias who again might struggle in his first season uh, no idea. I mean, on the rotation, again, you could bring up all these young guys, but uh, not everyone's going to have as good of a season as Lucchese's been having. So it's, you know, it, it's tough. You can, you know, you can, as much as I do want to bring up the kids, and I think they should be up, let's also realize that when they do come up, uh, that doesn't mean success is on the horizon. There's going to be growing pains for probably a good season and a half. Yeah, um, the counterpoint to that, just to inject just a little bit more hope, because we've had sort of a bleak podcast this week, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I- I'll draw your attention to a couple of teams, so um, l- let's make a little mini game out of it, how about? So I've got two teams here. Uh, the first, we're going to go from their 2017 total war to their 2018 total war, and I'll let you take a guess at who these guys are. Um, so this first team was 26th in uh, team war, According to Baseball Reference's calculations, negative ten point eight for twenty seventeen, uh, and then the next season, so f- currently through twenty eighteen, and they are now eighth with nine total WAR. Would you like to take a guess at who that team is? Ooh, is that uh, our National League uh, foes, the Colorado Rockies? That is incorrect. Oh. That is the Atlanta Braves. Oh. Duh, that makes so much sense. 
Yep. That's true. And the Phillies have been good this season. Oh, see, well, you just guessed the uh, second team, so I'll go ahead and skip that. <laughs> but let's get the numbers. Let's get the numbers. We'll just skip the, the game show aspect of it. Um, so the Phillies in the 2017 season, they were 19th in total war, negative 6.1. So pretty bad, but not, you know, the black hole of awfulness that the Padres were in 2017, according to war. Um, and then, it just reminds me of the, the black hole of failure from The Simpsons. You remember that episode? No. Oh my gosh! They, I missed it. It was like a parent-teacher conference for Bart, and they were saying Bart is. They were like had a graph of all the grades of the class, and they were like, "Yes, Bart is so bad that he's actually drawing down the grades of all of the kids around him, and it just like shows like a uh, like a black hole representation. <laughs> There's like this big sunken in 3D model of his desk. It's it's pretty funny. Anyway, it's pretty damn funny. Uh, so looking at the Phillies for 2018, they are now 15th in the majors in total WAR. Uh, team wars at 2.2 so uh, not as dramatic of a turnaround as, as Atlanta but you know that's still pretty impressive so I, I mean I guess we're kind of talking about it in terms of like well if you plug in X players that are worth Y war then it should work out and then you know in our case it's like wow we need a lot of those to happen um, there's probably a little bit of an eye test intangible sort of thing going on uh, as well where you know a team that looks like they're just going to be terrible for a really long time all of a sudden isn't because you know if you get the right set of three or four players and the right spots so to speak and i guess there's that teamwork element too that goes into it baseball is a team game after all um (laughs) that can kind of be a catalyst for that turnaround to where it might be a little more sudden than maybe you would expect just by looking at raw numbers yeah that's a good point um and you never know which guy who's been streaky finally figures it out like you know if if cordero or reyes all of a sudden you know hit 280 with you know 30 or at least you know high 20s home runs um and just happen to like you know figure out the season like i feel like miguel sano had a season like that a couple years speaking of you know the twins um where, you know, he just came up and just, you know, kind of figured it out for a season and was just crushing. Uh, you know, you can never rule that out happening. It doesn't seem to happen as often, I feel like, to Padres prospects. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, when's the last time that actually happened to one of our prospects? I'm not sure, but I've heard it happen to other teams, so maybe it'll happen to us one day. <laughs> God, I'm so negative right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's just, you know. I don't know. So, I mean, just, it, uh, it could happen. We could see a sudden turnaround, but, I mean, in all likelihood, it's it's going to take some time is, I think, the takeaway from that. So Yeah, that's the takeaway. So we're going to move on to uh, one of our favorite segments that we may or may not forget to do sometimes, but uh, we're going to go ahead and do recommendations now. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and go first and give Johnny just a little more, bit more time to elucidate his thoughts. Please, a nice SAT word there. Um <laughs> So my recommendation, uh, I actually was inspired listening to last week's podcast where it was just Johnny and Tony. Um, you guys were talking about going to shows and really good experiences with music. So my recommendation for you guys this week is to, uh, if you don't already, learn an instrument. Um, it's something that I do. I play the guitar. I, I know Johnny plays guitar as well. I think Tony actually plays guitar as well, which means we need to get together and have a jam session at some point. Um, you know what's sad? What's that? I got rid of both my guitars. Dude, I guitar anymore? I know it was. You know what it was? It was the move to Costa Rica. I got rid uh, of like okay. almost all my stuff, and like I mean, I got rid of like almost all my clothes. Like I got rid of all my suits. It was. I got rid of so much. stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, some of that I kind of regret, but 
Yeah, I got to get a new guitar. So you're you're actually just motivating me to get a guitar. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so my recommendation applies to you. That's that's excellent. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a really super expensive instrument either, like guitar or, or piano or anything like that. I mean, we got a ukulele for our kids to mess around on, and I've been playing with that. It's just such a cool experience to be able to take a, an instrument like that where, you know, it, it, without learning that skill, it just doesn't really do much of anything. But you know, as you learn to play it you can come up with cool little melodies or learn a song or something like that. And it's, it's just a really therapeutic experience. Something that I've leaned on when I've been in stressful situations or, um, dealing with loss or tragedy in my life. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my recommendation for this week is take up an instrument. Um, it's gonna, I think it'll serve you well if you, if you do. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. That's awesome. Do you, do you still, um, play like pretty often? I mean, I know obviously you're like pretty busy with stuff, but yeah, so I mean, I don't just kind of play here and there. Yeah, I don't, I don't like. Uh, I, <laughs> there was a time in my life where I thought I was gonna make it big and I was gonna go and you know be in a band or something like that. Um, Listen, you were, you are really good. Like, let me just say, Joel is really good at guitar. Oh, you're too like, kind. Joel is very good at guitar. <laughs> uh, I basically started playing because he was playing, and I am not nearly as. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, but like, yeah, you're you're really good at guitar. Well, thank but you. Anyway. Feel free to go. <laughs> but yeah, so that I don't play to the extent that I did when I thought I was going to make a career out of it. Uh, but yeah, I do have a, a little. I, so, like, next to my bed, actually, I've got my amp that I don't really plug in because, you know, it takes a long time to set up. And when you've got kids, they, they get really curious. They want to climb on stuff and all that. So it's more of a nightstand, really. But my guitar is propped up right there. And so I'll just grab it and I'll noodle around for a little while. And it's, it's really a lot of fun. So yeah, I do still play. Um, and I actually have this really cool. It's like, a, uh, what is it? It's called a Vox. I can't remember the name. It's like the AC-130. It's like a little miniature amp modeler thing. So it's just a... It's it's maybe the size of like... A, it's a little bit bigger than like a USB stick. And it's got the, the jack on it. And you just plug it right into your guitar. And it's powered by like two AA batteries. Um, and it's got uh, really surprisingly good tone and distortion on it for what it is. Like I thought it was going to sound like crap. Because like I'm used to the stuff that was that size from like 2005 or 2006 where it was just kind of becoming a new technology and it sounded really crappy but yeah it sounds really good there's like a couple little effects on there like you can get some chorus or delay or whatever so it's been great for me when you know i know i'm not going to sit down and record anything but i kind of want to have something more than just the unplugged electric guitar sound so it's been cool nice that's a that's a uh that is a great life fulfilling recommendation um Oh my god, that was great. Did you get the rooster crow? <laughs> oh yeah, that came through loud and clear. That was right outside my window. You know, I had it closed through the whole session, and I think my wife came in and she opened the window without me oh. noticing. She's like, you need some fresh air. Yeah, it, it's great when <laughs> it's it happens stale. at, what, what time is it now? 4.30 in the afternoon. It is not awesome when it's 4 in the morning, and you know that it's 4 uh. in the morning, because the rooster always crows at 4 in the morning. Uh, I hate history. it. I hate it <laughs> so much, and they poop everywhere. But the eggs are delicious, I have to say that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're free roam, they're free range, they just kind of run around your property, which is, I love, like, that one time, it was like a few years ago, when Danny and I came up, and we're just driving up, we're like, no, there's little, little chickens running around. Yeah. Like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> it turns the driveway into, a, like, a minefield, though, there's, there's poop everywhere. We gotta clean it off way more often than I'd like to admit. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, mine is a, uh, a similar, somewhat similar, I guess, to Joel's in the sense of 
um, you know, doing something good for yourself, which is uh, go get a massage. Uh, so I went for most of my life and never, you know, uh, luckily I'm relatively young, so that wasn't a terribly long amount of time, but, um, I went a fair amount of time and never got myself a massage. Like, I was just like, oh, you know, that's, that's neat, that's nice, but I, like, I would never, like, pay money for someone to, like, give me a massage. Like, I'll just, like, you know, have, like, my, you know, girlfriend give me a massage. Like, I'll just, like, kind of, like, rub my shoulder or whatever, just thinking, like, oh, that's good enough. Um... No, like if you get a really good massage, I don't know, it's just like, it's, it's wonderful, it's like refreshing, it's re-energizing, like your body is just like, I don't know, you just get to like a certain level of calm that I feel like you don't generally get to with like how hectic and like busy most of our lives are nowadays. So uh, I highly recommend finding a good place nearby, getting a massage. Uh, I know here in Phoenix, there's a place that my wife likes to go to where they, it's like a massage school and they'll have like the students who have like been there for a while, like they'll do like student massages um, that are still like really good and really affordable, uh, which is, which is nice. So highly recommend go get yourself a massage. Like don't think that it's like not, don't think it's not worth it. It's totally worth it as like if you get a good massage um and you know just like treat yourself to that treat yourself uh, it'll, just, it'll just yeah treat yourself <laughs> it'll make your body feel better and that's always a good thing right i you know I, i've never had a massage i might ha have to actually take you up on that recommendation and go get myself I one recommend it. and i think depending I think on I, where you work you might be able to get it covered through your health your uh you know, whatever your health benefits are through you know do your job yeah i think i got um what's it called acupuncture covered uh, once by my insurance. Well, not once. Like I just happened to go once, but they would they would do it if I wanted to go more than once too. So that that's something that's always tripped me out. Acupuncture. Like, does does it feel like you're getting like a shot every time they put one of those needles in, or like what is that no, like? Oh, it's wild. You don't even really feel it. Like they're so thin. The needles are so thin. You don't even really feel it go in. It almost like you it almost feels fuzzy when it goes like if like that area almost feels kind of fuzzy like assuming that you're relaxed you don't really feel it but if you move a certain way you can kind of you can feel that it's there but like i never got a large i never got i never felt a pain that was like above like a two or a three huh. um so it was yeah it was very painless like very thin needles i did that once and then i did cupping once um, and that just left those big old bruises on my back for like a week. Um, but both were, both were pretty good. Yeah. I, I gotta say cupping kind of sounds like a kink, but. No, I know. Totally. I just like, I just think of like cupping someone's balls, like just cupping. Like this is weird. I don't know. Oh my gosh. It's just like, yeah, cupping is when you just wear this, like your balls are in a leather pouch. <laughs> And uh, like, I'm like, oh, I mean, okay. it's not like, no, you, you got to try it. it. You got to try it. It's good. It's really nice. You're like, I doubt this, but okay. So that's like they're like little vacuums, right? They 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 uh, yeah. put the cup on your your back and then it like vacuum. They like suck out the air or whatever. Like, like twist out the air. Yeah, it's wild. It was pretty wild. Yeah, that was um, yeah that was pretty intense. I like I think I found like a group on or something for it. Um, it, it, nothing like I, I will say it wasn't like some like long I'm like oh it changed my life like long lat you know it took away all my back pain like nothing like that but it was just I don't know it's just kind of nice sometimes to like loosen up the stuff that's been really tight for a while like that's you know it's like uh, wringing out a towel <laughs> for sure yeah excellent recommendation so my, to recap again mine was play an instrument or learn an instrument 
Johnny uh, recommends that we we all go get a massage. Yeah. Um, and with that, I'll go ahead and uh, let you guys know that if you would like to reach us, uh, we're always available on social media at Dad's Talking Dads. You can email us, Dad's Talking Dads at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, as always, I'm Joel. I am Johnny. We will talk to you, hopefully, with Tony next week. Hopefully. <laughs>